Hello and welcome to the latest edition in our Scottish Premiership season preview podcast here on Energy Sport. My name is Sean McGill and I'm happy to be joined by Callum Carson, sports reporter at the West Oldian Courier, to discuss arguably the story of last season in Scotland, Livingston. Callum, thank you for coming on. How are you doing? Ah, not too bad, not too bad. Thanks for having me. No bother at all. Um, last season really was just fantastic for Livingston. But first of all, how about we talk about how long you've been covering Livy, how you got into it and what, what it's like to be around the club? Hi, so this will be, I'll be heading into my seventh season. Uh, and I was kind of, by chance really, that I got into uh, following the club or covering the club. Um, so I've, I've been at the West Lothian Courier paper itself for about seven and a half years. Um, but I was actually only meant to cover uh, someone's honeymoon for three weeks. <laughs> and I stayed on. So I was on the news, I was kind of in the news team for a three or four months uh, and then the sports reporter left and I got offered the job So and I've been there ever since. So yes, uh, going into my seventh full season, I did a kind of wee half season before. And that, it's a crazy rise, isn't it? Well, rise and fall, I imagine, that time. You've been three different oh, divisions totally. and um, totally. yeah, League One only, what, three seasons ago? It's pretty I know. Insane, it's, uh, it's definitely not been dull. So, <laughs> uh, kind of my, my six full seasons, we had uh, they escaped relegation on the final day of the season with a 86th-minute penalty, I think it was. Oh. The next season, they get relegated. Uh, but they actually scored two injury time goals in the playoffs to take it to extra time and get beaten extra time. So that was crazy. And then promotion, promotion, uh, the first season back in the Premiership, they finished ninth, but they had got draws away at Celtic. They also had the famous kind of 5 nothing against Hearts, five goals in, I think it was two minutes and 14 seconds of actual football played. So it was five or four or five goals. Uh, beat Rangers and then last season was even greater. You know, I don't think anyone kind of genuinely thought a top six place was was likely. Yeah, fifth place finish and a lot of people had tipped Livy for relegation. How did you feel going into that season? Did you think that people were sort of underestimating that side? Slightly. The, the, big, the big question going into the season was obviously the defence because they lost the goalkeeper, Liam Kelly, went to Queen's Park Rangers. Uh, Declan Gallagher away to Motherwell. Craig Alcott away to Hearts. Alan Lithgow was kind of the only one still there as such. And he was, he was you know, kind of getting up there now, 32, 31-32. Uh, so that was kind of the, the big question mark. Um, and it worked out all right. Um there was a change in tactics as well because the three-five-two they had the year before worked really well. You know, as I said, the, the back three, Gallagher, Halka, Lithgow, and I was a solid back three for you know two and a half, three seasons. Yeah. Uh, and then they changed that back four, four-four-two-three-one. It kind of was. Uh, and I say, I mean, you know, they couldn't have asked for a better, you know, kind of better season really you know how, how that worked out obviously Stephen Lawless had been playing as Jim you know a wing back really the season before he was pushed further forward and 
you know, we saw by his his goal record, and then obviously I moved down south to Burton Albion. That that certainly paid off as well. So all the big decisions, well, most of the big decisions, they certainly seemed to get right last season. How did they sort of mitigate the loss of Gallagher and, and Halkett? Who who, were, who sort of stepped up and really took their place? Uh, well, John Guthrie was kind of the main one. He yeah. he was signed from Walsall. Uh, I think he's pretty much started every game since uh, since he was signed. He was signed. Missed the first few games, if I remember rightly. I think he signed late August. Um, and much much like Craig Halkett with the goals, I think John scored six goals, and you know was solid defensively. You know Craig Halkett was kind of the same the year before that as well. Uh, and later in the season, obviously, I guess they were, they were already safe by that point, but signing someone like F.A. Ambrose, just, you would never have thought a team like Livingston would, would be able to sign a guy like that. Yeah, um, they had one of the, the best home records in the league last year. Mm. Um, what makes them so tough to beat there? Because I know people will always throw out the excuse of the I'm a Kilmarnock fan, I hear it all the time, I'm sure Aki's fans hear it all the time, but there's a lot There's a lot more to it than that. So uh, how did Livy do it? How has he got them set up that it's just so difficult? I think they just, it sounds, it sounds simplistic, but they just work really, really hard. Yeah. And certainly when, when you're the home team, you maybe have to attack a wee bit more, I guess you could argue. So the di- essentially the difference between the home and away records is that they were turning draws into wins at home, whereas away from home there would be a you know a draw is a great result away from home. You maybe sit back defensively a wee bit uh, at home. Maybe there's a wee bit less pressure, a wee bit more. Uh, don't know if desire is the right word, but certainly. That extra wee bit with a fan, and well known. I say well known yeah. joke. Obviously, they get criticised for their lack of fans, but still, uh. when you play when you're playing at home and hearing your own fans, and you know you you maybe get that extra wee two or three percent in that. Did you, turn, as did I say, you, kind of turns turns a draw into a win. Yeah. Did you feel like the crowd, the sort of atmosphere improved over the course of the season as this team got better and better? Did you notice maybe a few more people fell in the seats and stuff like that? Ah, de- definitely. I think I think Livingston always struggled to get a core fan base of kind of up to the 2000 mark. Because Why is that? I don't know. I don't know. I would, I would guess, I mean, the main reason, I would guess the main reason is that, I mean, they're only like, 10, 15 miles away from the big two in Edinburgh. Yeah. And obviously, kind of every every town in the central belt has the Rangers Celtic problem as well. You know, there's no Absolutely, buses yeah. even to, to go to Glasgow. But I guess the location of Livingston is Edinburgh as well. And it is a, it's, a, it's a new team. They're 25 years old. So uh, folk who, you know, are in their 30s now, probably grew up being Hearts and Hibs fans anyway, you know? Yeah. And that that sort of underdog mentality makes those sort of uh, big moments even more sweet. And Definitely, I think sort of yeah. what underlines that is that one against Celtic uh, early in the season 
What was Definitely. that day like? Because it was just an absolutely fantastic performance from every that day. Aye, that was that was something else. Um, obviously, the the red card to Ryan Christie, Callum McGregor, Ryan Christie. I think it was Ryan Christie. Aye, Ryan Christie. Oh, I mean that helps. Although, yeah, how, how many times have we seen teams struggle to break down ranges or Celtic even with when they have ten men? Um, yeah, absolutely. But again, it, it was it just comes down to the work rate and the effort. You know, people. People kind of confuse, this was actually something David Hopkins said a lot to me, people confuse being aggressive and hard tackling with just hard work. See if someone has the ball and there's three defenders around them. That's not aggressive, that's just hard work. That's just putting in literally 100% all the time. And if you can do that, if you... It just can get it up them, so to speak. You know, yep. you know the, the the Rangers, the Celtics, the the big teams. They don't. They like to play football. So if you can stop them playing football, <laughs> you know, you know, you you've given yourself probably the best chance. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's what it was. And th- there were two great goals as well in the day. Um, I mean, Glendon Bates's chip over Foster was was something special, uh, and he'd learned that as well because a few weeks before. He was in the same position against Rangers in the League Cup and skied it over the bar. So he'd obviously been, you know, he'd taken that into account and worked on that in the training ground and it worked the treat. I was keen to talk to you about Lyndon Dykes because obviously he's been linked to other clubs now. And mm-hmm. He was brought in sort of fairly under the radar, I would say, at Libby. He was never a yeah. big goal scorer at Queen of the South. Obviously, Stephen Dobby uh, sort of stole the headlines there. But... He's been one of the standout players, really, in the division. Uh, what makes him so good? You've obviously watched a lot of him. I think the the fact that he just doesn't care helps. You know, yeah. he wasn't he wasn't really a football fan or a football player growing up, and obviously grew up in Australia as well. So, yeah. playing Rangers, Celtic, you know, Hearts, it doesn't really matter to him. He's just plays football, you know. So I think he's got that. He was a rugby league guy when he was younger as well. So he's probably got that kind of wee bit of a aggressive nature. Not overly aggressive, but aggressive, yeah. you know, like intimidated uh, oppositions. And uh, again, it ju- just kind of comes back to the to the work rate and hard work. And, you know, if Gary Holt tells him to do something, he'll do it to the best of his ability. And I think a lot of the, the coaching staff probably deserve a lot of credit for seeing him as a genuine kind of number nine target man because he was a left winger half the time, Queen of the yeah. South. And when he was up front, it was kind of as a as a shadow striker, so to speak, uh, with Stephen Dobby. So uh, uh, they definitely deserve a lot of credit for seeing that in him as, as a kind of focal point. Um, so, so this is a, a big season for him to see if he can kind of replicate that form, if he stays, of course. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure you'll be keen for him Tuesday, <laughs> but could you see him sort of kicking on at a bigger club? Do you think he's got that potential to sort of really shine elsewhere? I definitely. I think uh, the rise he's had in the space of 12 months uh, from Queen of the South to, you know, essentially being wanted by two countries, uh, 
you know, if he can, it, it shows there's room for improvement there as well. Because, as I say, this is he's only really been a genuine striker for 12 months. Yeah. And look at the improvement then. So you would hope that there's still room for improvement. Uh, and as as great a club as Livingston is, if he goes to a bigger club, you know, there's probably more coaching expertise. There's he'll be around better players, which might help as well. Um, but I think it'll be interesting to see. I'm always, just generally, I'm always wary of folk who have one great season. Mm. You know, if if he can get up and running again this season, then I think you can say he's legitimate. Yeah. You know, you mentioned the two countries sort of fighting over him there. I think there's a certain section of Scotland fans who think that maybe like a, a more Livingston type approach would work for Scotland, sort of being that in-your-face, rough and ready. Uh, um, do you think he'd be a good fit for Scotland? Um, I, I think I mean, the main issue is, frankly, there's, there's not really that many great strikers. Yeah, absolutely. You know, as great as, as great a season as Livingston have had and as great a season as Landon Dykes has had, uh, the fact that you're talking about a Livingston striker potentially being kind of the saviour for Scotland is, is bonkers, really, you know? Yeah. But I guess it does show that there is a, a lack of options. Um, but, I mean, he, there's no doubt in my mind he can he can do it, whether he'd necessarily be first choice. So, I don't know. But, uh, again, it kind of comes back to if he can replicate last season's form this season uh, then I think it would be hard to argue that he doesn't deserve a chance at least We'll get on to the players that Livingston have signed in a moment but mm-hmm. there's a few sort of big losses you would say you mentioned Stephen Lawless earlier um, yeah. it was really sort of breakout season for him eight goals six assists in the league uh, how yeah. big a miss will he be? I think he will, he'll be a big a lot of that I guess will depend on how good Alan Forrest turns out to be, because that's essentially a direct replacement. Yeah. Um, you know, if he can perform to the levels of Stephen Wallace, then you would argue it's not really that much of a loss. Um, but Wallace, Wallace and Dykes have worked a great wee kind of partnership throughout the whole season. You know, Wallace kind of cutting in from the right and even playing as kind of a in the hole, kind of behind Dykes a few times as well. Um, Ah, uh, he was tremendous last season. He was. Uh, it's hard to say he was player of the year. Yeah. When, when you, I guess such when a they achieve as much as yeah. they have done, you could argue there was six or seven guys who were genuinely player of the season. But he was so consistent. Uh, I think, in fairness, the fact they took the penalties probably helped his goal count. But they do all count, you know. Um, and his assists were, you say, when, when you've got someone of the quality of Lyndon Dykes to, to ping crosses into, then it certainly helps. Yeah. <laughs> but no, he, yeah. he was tremendous. And uh, obviously the year before with a kind of 3-5-2, having been a wing-back, it maybe stifled him a wee bit going forward, but he was kind of given, pushed forward, you know, he was kind of given that free, free role as a genuine winger last season and it worked out well for both parties, I guess, because obviously he's got a decent move as well and helped Livingston get into the top six. So, 
can't argue with that. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure uh, a lot of Livy fans would have felt a sense of deja vu when one of their key defenders went to Motherwell again this summer. <laughs> uh, happening again. But um, Ricky Lamy maybe not of the, the same stature or um, uh-huh. quite the same level of talent as Declan Gallagher, but that'll still be sort of a big uh, void that needs filled this summer. I think, well, they've signed Jack Fitzwater from West Brom, and I would right. imagine that just kind of a direct replacement, almost like a first sub, so to speak, defensively, because that's, that's essentially kind of the role Ricky Lamy had, had felt. He was started most games, I think, till, till January and barely featured after it. So um, in that respect, he's I mean, certainly not as much of a loss as, as Stephen Loss, um, but he's, he's a capable premiership player. Uh, and it could be a case of, you know, better the devil you know, maybe, you know, letting to know what, how good Ricky Lamy is and what they get with him, whereas bringing guys in can always be a bit of a risk. Yeah. And let me be one of the busier teams in terms of bringing players in. Uh-huh. I think the sort of uh, most intriguing one, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to butcher this, is the, <laughs> the singing of Salim Kudir Isa. Yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a fascinating one, isn't what it? What a story there. You're probably better to, to tell it than me. Incredible. Um, I have, I have to be honest. I've not actually seen that much of him. Um, oh. But folk, folk that have watched him, have, you know, one of my pals uh, saw him at the juniors, and he said even then he said he could genuinely be a Premiership player. I bet he's buzzing now. He, he, even, when, <laughs> even when he's at Kilsyth, and you're like, really? <laughs> that's only two years ago. That's the crazy thing, isn't it? I know. He's incredible. Uh, just uh, a couple of years ago, and now he's Queen's Park Aye. in the great season, then 17 goals for them last season, and uh-huh. now he's at Premiership Levy. I think Livingston's track record of lower league signings have been tremendous. So I think he's probably at the right club. They'll, they'll certainly give him a chance. He's not, you know, I, I can't see them loaning him out by October to mm. a championship club, for example. Uh, I'm sure he'll be given a chance. And uh, for him, what a chance it is. Eh? As I say, kind of amateurs, amateurs, juniors, League Two, and then straight up to the Premiership within kind of three seasons. It's heck of a story. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, who else out of Livy's additions are really sort of standing out to you? You're excited to see it. Uh, Almond I think, uh, well, there's, there's been seven signings in total, but two of them have just been kind of loan signings carried on from last season. Yeah. Uh, so Robbie McCrory goes in as kind of the obvious number one. Uh, I really liked and There was a couple of wee goals that you think he might have done better on last season yeah um but he's still young you would expect him to improve yeah um and obviously there's a kind of template i guess there with liam kelly a couple of years ago as well um and kieran brown as well signed uh on loan from cardiff he his first long spell he looked okay um but when, when you're a centre-back at Livingston going, trying to break into into the team when there's Gallagher, Halkett and Lithgow there, you know, 
you could argue he maybe wasn't given a fair chance, but he signed back again last season and looked much better. So I think that will be a really interesting signing as well. Um, Alan Forrest is, you know, he certainly served his time in the lower league, so I'm sure he can adapt to top flight football very well. But again, it's one of those where until it happens, you never, never quite show. Um, the one I'm really interested in, obviously, Kuda Rice is a, a great storyline, but the one that's kind of fascinating is uh, Matej Poplotnik, um, just because he's kind of so completely unknown. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know much about Slovenian football, but he was quite prolific there. Uh, and then the Indian Super League as well. Um, so <laughs> I guess it's just... Wait and see what you've got there. By all accounts, he's a he's a genuine kind of goal scorer. Um, so you know whether they maybe go with two up front this season and have him alongside Dykes, or could Arisa alongside Dykes? Well, we'll wait and see. But that's definitely a fascinating one. They've definitely not taken a step backwards anyway. You know. Is there anywhere else you feel like they still need to improve? Any areas that are still sort of crying out for a, a signing or two? No, obviously. Um, I, I think you could still argue up front, even though they've signed Poplotnik and Kudaraisa, purely because you don't know what you have absolutely no idea what you're going to get for them. Um, they could both be tremendous, but you know, coming up from Queens Park to the Premier League is going to be a tough challenge. Obviously, Poplotnik. Even aside from the football, is he going to settle in Scotland? Is he going to enjoy living in Scotland? You know, that obviously feeds on to the football side of things as well. Um, so you've got, obviously, Dykes. Assuming they keep hold of Dykes, that's yeah. sorted. You know what you're getting there. But behind that, you maybe still don't quite know what to expect. And there's a new club captain at Livy as well, Marvin Bartley's yeah. got the armband this year. Oh. Uh, what sort of impact has he had in the club? Because he just seems like a fantastic guy to, around, to have around any football team. Ah, definitely. He's, he's, he's some character. <laughs> um, he's just... It was kind of... I mean, he's the obvious choice for captain. Yeah. Before, you know, that's 30, 33, 34 maybe now. You know, kind of defensive midfielder. He just calm, composed, he's been there, he knows what he's doing. Uh, you know, as great as Livingston have been since they got promoted, there's been a lot of guys who haven't had premiership experience who were in the team. So having that guy who's had what was it, four or five years at Hibs, yeah. you know, that calm composure is just you know obviously on the park, you know, he's, he's the sort of boy that can just take a, take a game by the scruff of the neck or, you know, he can man-mark the, you know, the dangerous centre midfielder in the other team and just kind of mark him out the game. and mm-hmm. just makes it a lot easier for those around him, certainly. And this, the success of Livy over the past few years will definitely have improved um, Gary Holt's sort of reputation. Yeah, yeah um, sure. I'm also interested to talk to you about um, David Martindale because he's very, mm-hmm. very highly regarded. 
how does their relationship sort of work? Because I've heard people sort of classify it as more like co-managers rather than head coach and assistant manager. How, how do you see their working relationship? I think, I mean, it is very much a partnership. Mm-hmm. You know, Gary, Gary Holt's the manager. He picks the, you know, he clearly picks the team. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of when it comes to scouting, you know, training, things like that, it's, it comes across certainly as very much, you know, a partnership with Holt having the upper hand, so to speak. But it's not a, one of the one of the first things Gary Holt said when he took the job is I'm not a dictator. You know, I'll you know I'll listen to what folk are saying, and I think it is very much that Gary Holt's clearly and obviously the manager, but there's a lot of input from Martindale, and there's a lot of work behind the scenes. You know, with as I say, the scouting and the training methods and whatnot. I think there's there's a lot of kind of shared input there. That's the impression I, I get anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's really interesting because I didn't. I sort of looked into that afterwards because obviously um, Holt was kind of linked to Kilmarnock for a while. They might want to go back mm. to the club he's always had a history with. But it looks like um, he sort of, him and Martin, they're really complement each other and uh, they definitely be I looking definitely. to sort of stick together. Sure. Um, we've been asking all our contributors for their predictions, how they feel the season's going right. to go. So do you think that that Levy team can repeat their success of last year, or do you think we're going to find that a wee bit tougher this time round? Uh, possibly somewhere in the middle. Right. I think <laughs> I'd, <laughs> I'd be more surprised if they struggled than right. if they got into the top six. Yeah. Um, I definitely don't think they've taken a significant step backwards at all, uh, because I would say generally, genuinely, the only player they've really lost out is Stephen Lawless you know and, and they've got a young a few young players like McCrory Brown uh, Jack McMillan Lyndon Dykes to a certain extent as well who can maybe take a step forward uh, a whole season of FA Ambrose isn't going to hurt either no. um, but I think there's a I think you could argue that there's a few clubs that underachieved last season who might kind of leapfrog Livy um, 10th is the aim you know anything above 10th is regarded as a success but I can see them kind of quite comfortably fi- finishing somewhere between kind of 5th and 8th I would imagine that's still a massive success for oh absolutely oh, it's a huge success I, I, I just I don't see them getting dragged into a relegation dogfight personally but Another top six is going to be a, a tough ask. Yeah. Well, Callum, thank you very much for coming on. Before I let you go, do you want to let folks know where they can find you on social media and stuff like that, if there's anything else you want to Yeah, yeah. Uh, so my, my Twitter is uh, Callum Carson WLC. Uh, that's kind of the best place to, <laughs> to find me, I guess. To get all your living news. To get all the living news, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, as I said, thank you very much for coming no on. Worries. And thank you for listening. We hope you join us again on our Scottish Premiership Season Preview Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so they appear straight in your feed as well as our other great shows on energy sport. You can find us on Twitter at ENRG Sport or online at energysport.net. Thanks again for listening and we hope to see you soon. Cheers. <laughs>